We're going to be looking at a few passages of Scripture this morning. Uh, we're going to begin with 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Second Corinthians 4.13, and we're going to read through verse 18. This is uh, Paul speaking, inspired by the Spirit of God to the church at Corinth. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though the outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Praise God. We have the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith uh, that David had, the same spirit of faith that Jesus had, the same spirit of faith that Paul had. We have that same spirit of faith. What does that spirit of faith do? Uh, that spirit of faith says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We, also, we believe and therefore also speak. So what happens when we actually believe something, when we believe something is true, we end up speaking it out. And, you know, even if you separate yourself for a second from the faith of God or the God kind of faith, you can see that that's true, that very often what you believe you'll be speaking. Now, what's happened is sometimes we learn, especially if you've been a Christian for any length of time and you understand the power of your words, especially power of words that you believe, we kind of sometimes, uh, I know when I first started to learn about that, I didn't grow up knowing that, uh, but when I was in my early 20s, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and man, the, the word opened up to me. Uh, things I hadn't seen, I began to see. And I started to learn like, whoa, it's really important what I'm saying. Uh, they're not just idle words, but they're actually building blocks for my life. And I remember Dad Hagen said, he said, if you don't like what you see today, what you're surrounded with today, well, then look back and see what you were saying yesterday. Not, not like Saturday, yesterday, but like, what did you say last week? What did you say last month? What did you say last year? I remember one of the most revealing um, uh, times for me learning about the word of God and the power of the word of God was in uh, 2001. I was in a meeting in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, uh, Dad Hagen was there, and he began to teach in the mornings, and he talked about dying. Now, that does not sound like an exciting subject, like, oh, I'm so excited for these meetings. Uh, but you know, if you've been around the things uh, of life for very long, and even the things of uh, the people of God, you find out sometimes people die young. And why? Why does that happen? And so um, I'm thinking of one particular uh, young man that he died at uh, uh, age 39. He was just about ready to turn 40. And uh, Brother Hagen was ministering to the family. And uh, 
after he had passed away and they're at the uh, visitation. At the visitation, this young man's brother came up to Brother Higgins and said, you know, um, so-and-so, he always said, I'll never live to see the age of 40. I'll never live past 39. And his mom overheard it from across the room and said, yeah, he did always say that, didn't he? He did. And sure enough, he died right before he turned 40. Well, the Lord, you know, to make a long story short, in ministering to this family, the Lord had told Brother Hagin, you know, spiritual laws have been set in motion that cannot be reversed at this time. And so you see sometimes we actually set our own course, and it's a course maybe that we wouldn't choose. But I just do that to illustrate life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, that's kind of an extreme case because we're talking like cessation of physical life. Uh, But I don't know about you. uh, And certainly, if I did, I wouldn't be like uh, wanting to talk about your faults. So I'll talk about some of my faults. And I know I have found myself at different times speaking words of death. Not like physical death, but uh, to a situation like, man, this is is never going to work out. Uh, This isn't going to happen. And you know what happens when I say those things? In my spirit down here, I have like this uh, uneasiness, like, uh, probably shouldn't be doing that. Don't do that. But what is happening? Well, man, it feels really good in my flesh, <laughs> right? I mean, the, the, one of the best examples I can always uh, use for that is if you get in a dispute with someone and uh, you know that you're right and you want them to know that you're right. And maybe you say some things that you shouldn't say. You know, and sometimes the funny thing is, uh, the best thing in my life has been when I know that I'm right and find out that what I knew was wrong. (laughs) Why? Because it helps me to rely upon the Lord. So we're going to turn back to uh, uh, Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. We've been looking at this passage of scripture for the previous series we were in, and I want to touch on it just a little bit this morning. Uh, We'll start with verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I mean, I'll pause for just a second. Seeking whom he may devour, that means he may not devour anybody. He may not devour everybody, but there's some people he may devour. Uh, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brothers that are in the world. But notice verse 6, and we talked about this before. Humble yourselves, uh, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Well, for years I read that and said, if you asked me, I would have said, well, uh, we are commanded right there to resist the devil. Well, no, it actually, we're commanded to submit to God, resisting the devil. So how do we resist the devil? Well, uh, we submit to God. When we submit to God, uh, we are resisting the devil. So it's not like in resisting the devil, it's not really about us fighting him off. Like the devil's coming against me, maybe coming against your mind, maybe coming against your finances, maybe coming against your body. And so I'm going to like brace for this. And I'm going to resist this. Well, no, it's really in our submitting to God. Uh, When we submit to God, he then becomes our strength. Remember what happens? In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Or perfect in the Bible so many times is actually complete. And so you find like his strength in our life becomes complete when we come under his mighty hand. We come under the mighty hand of God, and how do we do that? We humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? We just say, Lord, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I know you have all the answers in every situation all the time. 
And sometimes, like we've said, that can be most challenging if it's an area where you have natural talent because you're most apt to not rely upon the Lord uh, in an area where you have natural talent. Why? Because, well, well, I can just do this. I can just do this. Uh, but so many times we actually miss out on what God has for us when we do that because um, he uh, wants us to rely on him for every part of our life and everything that we do. So we've talked for the last, during the last series about casting our cares upon the Lord, uh, getting rid of anxiety, focusing on the Lord. But really, what is it? It's we have the same spirit of faith. What does that spirit of faith do that we have? Well, that spirit of faith speaks, yeah. believes and speaks. So if you're, if you're going through something, and if you're not, you probably just got through going something, or you're getting ready to go through something. And so if you're not, you better enjoy that time right now. Because if you're living in the flesh, I love this, and I hope my wife loves me, so she'll, uh, I'll get away with this, because it's the word, right? It says, they that marry in the flesh will have trouble. Now, I love my wife, but we have some trouble sometimes, right? Uh, it's all because of my imperfections, right? Uh, but you know, uh, when you're born again, it's not like, okay, all of a sudden, now everything in life just goes perfect for you. And... Um, you know, I lived in Michigan for about nine years, and uh, they have a lot of cherries. In fact, in Traverse City, they have this uh, cherry festival, and, and uh, it's like all kind of people up there at that time. And um, Brother Hagin used to always say, he said, you know, these things don't drop on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. And so you find, like, I like to uh, amend it because my favorite time was peaches. And so we had peaches and they had peach orchards. There's so many fruit orchards up there. And so you go, and I remember one time we went, and we went peach picking, and you would just like bump the tree barely, and the peaches would come, come out, they're, and they're ready to eat. And some of those are like too ready to eat, because if they hit the ground, it was like a splattered mess. So they're right on the verge of being a little rotten, but they're ready to go. And they were so juicy, so wonderful. And uh, I don't like to be sticky, but I didn't care. I was like, oh, it's just, you know, <laughs> dripping down you. And they were huge, like the size of your hand. But I'd never experienced that in my life until then. Yet I think many times in my Christian life, my walk with the Lord, I expect, well, Lord, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm in the word, renewing my mind, transforming my mind, and I'm praying. So why do I have this trouble? What have I done wrong? Why is this target on me? Because I'm expecting, like, spiritually speaking, I'm walking into that orchard, the heavenly orchard, and these peaches, I'm like dodging them and like, okay, I'll take that one. Oh, okay, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. But that's not the way that life is. Uh, Jesus actually, when we receive him, he didn't say, I'm going to take you out of the world. He said, really, I'm going to put heaven into you so you can be like me and transform the world. Do you realize that the only Jesus most people will ever see is the Jesus that lives in you and in me. I was, uh, I was, uh, anybody ever heard of Todd White? So I had never really heard his testimony. I heard about him and, and uh, I heard a little bit of his testimony this week. And, um, you know, uh, he basically reached rock bottom. 
He was on drugs and alcohol and pornography and addicted to almost everything you can think of. Terrible husband, terrible, well, he wasn't even married, but terrible father and terrible boyfriend, I guess you'd say. And um, he uh, was getting ready to commit suicide. And he uh, was going to go get his father's shotgun, I think it was. He was going to get it, and I can't remember why, but he was getting in the phone book for something, to look for something. And he got in the phone book and opened up to this church. And so he thought, well, it won't hurt anything. So he called the church, and to make a long story short, this guy um, uh, ministered to him and led him to the Lord. And he was born again. And um, his life from that point began to change. And um, he realized, you know, he had just been living for himself. And um, he realized that uh, he couldn't live that way any longer. And so he just looked at the word and he said, you know what? This is what the Bible says. So this must be true. And so if it is, I'm going to act like it. And he began acting like it and believing it. And sure enough, that's what he has. And so someone from such a uh, difficult background, I don't have that kind of background, um, and uh, life so changed. And God reached out and saved his life. I know he said that um, he was uh, uh, trying to get some drugs, and he was in a car, and uh, he uh, was basically trying to pretend like he was a... uh, police officer so he'd get the guy's drugs and so the guy was outside the car and um, he uh, said put your hands up all this type of stuff he got in the car to drive off and the guy realized what was happening grabbed his nine millimeter and just shot at him boom 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 and uh, this is after he had uh, accepted Christ but was still addicted and uh, he heard an audible voice and the Lord said you know when are you going to submit to me? I stopped those bullets. Well, he said that that voice was louder than the, the sound, the report of the handgun. And when he got home, he said he uh, looked outside the car and there were no bullet holes in the car. Amazing. Amazing testimony. And so, uh, you know, it took him a little longer after he was born again to realize all this, but the, the, the way that it happened was he listened to this guy that led him to the Lord, and the guy said, you just take the word. That word is seed. When you have that seed, it'll produce a harvest. And so he, it began to uh, stir in him and stir in him until all of a sudden he began to see and began to know because the word is seed and it produces, produces after its own kind. So when we're living our life and we're expecting everything to just go fine, that's not really how um, life is. That's not really what Jesus gave to us and bought for us. What did he buy for us? He bought freedom for us. Freedom from all the works of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. You know, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Well, the thing is, in order to be more than a conqueror, you really have to have something to conquer. In order to have something to conquer, you really have to have something to come against you. 
And so we really, as believers, uh, should brace for a fight and get ready for a fight and get ready for a battle. But what kind of battle do we fight? Well, like I said, we're not sitting here trying to physically resist the devil and he'll flee. We submit to God. We fight, what's it called? The good fight, because we win, of faith. And what's the fight of faith? Well, verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we keep our focus and our fix and our gaze on the unseen world. Turn with me to Acts chapter uh, 16. Acts chapter 16. Glory to God. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Well, let's start with verse 23. When they had laid many stripes upon them, uh, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer, jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Well, uh, you know, it's, if there's an earthquake, I expect the doors to be opened, but amazing that the bands were loosed in an earthquake? And so in your life and my life, seeing the temporary, it can look like, it can feel like I've got these bands on me. I'm bound up. I I can't do anything. I'm hitting a ceiling in my career. I'm hitting a ceiling in my marriage. I'm hitting a ceiling in my relationships. I'm stuck. But at midnight, at the darkest point in that situation, the darkest point in your life, what are we doing? Submit to God. How? Praying and saying praises unto God. They prayed and they gave thanks. And they did it loud because the prisoners heard them. We have that same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. So if you find yourself in this prison, locked up, no place to go, someone else is is calling the shots for you. Someone else is deciding what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. Someone else is deciding when you're going to eat, how you're going to eat. That reminds me of basic training. You find yourself in that place. What do you do? You pray and you sing praises unto God. Why do you sing praises? Because you know, when I pray, the Lord hears me. And if he hears me, he's going to answer me. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you believe that you receive when you pray. And so one of my most favorite scriptures is Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Have faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God or lay hold on God's faithfulness or have the faith of God. So I don't care what you're going through right now. If you're on defense or you're on offense, the answer to your situation, to my situation is put your trust, put your hope, put your faith in God. And really, I would say, like Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, have faith in God's faith. 
What is the faith of God or the faithfulness of God? Well, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows the challenges. Actually, the Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Now, the Bible doesn't say that to make you or I feel like, well, man, I was tempted and I sinned. He's so much cooler than I am. No, he was tempted yet without sin because he overcame it in our place. So that it's actually written in heaven that we overcame that sin when he overcame it for us. So we actually, when we live in him and out of him, it's laid to our account. So I like uh, how uh, Pastor Mark Hankins says it. Somebody's like, how are you feeling right now? He said, I am feeling the same way Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. <laughs> right? Because why? You don't have to be like, I feel sick like I'm going to die. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. And uh, No, I feel, in other words, I have the exact same temptation before me that Jesus had before him when this came against him. But I have one that overcame and I overcame come by the blood of the lamb, by his blood and the word of my testimony. So I'm like, you know, devil, you can try to bring this and I know you're going to try to bring it, but you're too late because this has already been overcome, been overcome. Well, yeah, but no, you're, you're getting ready to uh, succumb to this temptation. You get ready to tell somebody off or you're getting ready to, uh, you know, not tithe when you know you should tithe, or you're getting ready to hold back, or you're getting ready to um, move to a different city because of finances when you know you're not supposed to. And you say, no, devil, this has already been overcome by Jesus, my older brother, Jesus. And it's by his blood that I can stand and I can boldly say, you stop it in the name of Jesus. I refuse to give word or thought or place to what you have. Uh, let's look at Isaiah chapter 26, Isaiah 26, and um, we read this uh, the last several weeks. I want to read, uh, as we've been doing, verse 13 and 14, then I'll go back to verse 3. O Lord our God, other masters besides you have ruled over us, but we will acknowledge and mention your name only. So you see, we're not really about magnifying or talking about or bringing to people's mind in front of people what the devil's done in our lives, but we're really about doing, bringing to the forefront what God has done in our lives. You know, like you have a, a, a situation come and you didn't expect something to happen and maybe uh, uh, something that you really uh, like is broken or missing or um, something happens. What's your reaction? What's my reaction? Well, we should speak the word. Why? Because that gives the word access to show up. That gives God a place to move because he actually watches over his word. He's watching his word right now to perform it. And so when I speak his word, when you speak his word, he is ready right then to show up on the scene. He's actually, he's saying, he's saying, you go for it, girl. You go for it, boy. You go for it. You speak it because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to speak it because then I can move. I can show up on the scene and I want to show up on the scene. And, you know, John Wesley said, it seems that God does nothing in the earth except someone ask him, except someone pray. And so 
Uh, he's really given such authority uh, to mankind that we could give it away, and then Christ got it back for us. And he needs us to be his hands, be his feet, be his voice. You realize in your situation, that's not the end. That's just temporary. But there is an eternal place and an eternal destiny that has been planned for you and for me, for every single one of us. And that eternal destiny is actually uh, created and birthed from the heart of God himself. And that destiny is not just after we pass from this body, but that destiny is here today for you and for me to live in fullness of the life of God and the life of Christ, not in a mediocre fleshly level here. And so you see like... We've had lots of uh, changes in our nation, and some people are like, uh, kind of like flipping out, freaking out. Can I say that? They're like, ah, 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 ah. Well, uh, whichever side you're on, you realize if you're like all distressed and confused and all this stuff about what's going on, I think it's time to check up and see like, is my faith in my government or is my faith in God? Because um, Jesus said, have faith in Caesar, right? He said, have faith in God. Lay hold on God's faithfulness. He didn't say like, you know, lay hold on the faithfulness of the government to support you if you lose your job or this happens or that happens. Thank God, you know, we have that if you lose your job in this country, uh, as long as you don't work for a nonprofit that you can get unemployment. It's a blessing, right? But he didn't say, have faith in the government's ability to support you or have faith in these leaders or have faith in this or that. Uh, he's actually said the government shall be upon the shoulders of uh, the kingdom of God, of Jesus Christ, of the body of Christ. So what does that mean? Well, that means that it is uh, upon us actually to lift up our leaders, to lift up our nation and to stand in the gap and not just at election time. But all the time. You know, I'll take a, just a really short side journey, and that is, um, you know, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, uh, was very mightily used of the Lord. Part of my testimony, I was uh, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, in, uh, December 30th, 1997. And then I started, I was going to a Baptist church, and so I started sneaking off to a, a Spirit-filled church. And in the Baptist church at that time, I don't know if it's still the same, it probably is, I don't know, but they were like dead set against woman pastors. And this church had a woman pastor, so you were like, had to be like quiet about it, like, right? <laughs> so I'm going, <laughs> going to this church, and um, man, they had healings. They had some of the most miraculous healings I have ever seen. In fact, the Medical College of Georgia there in Augusta, Georgia, invited uh, the pastor and a, a team she had uh, made, or, or uh, had along, to come in and teach alternative forms of healing because they would let them into these rooms and these people were clinically brain dead and through speaking the word of God over them, they would raise up restored. In fact, I met one of these guys and so I went and I, she was talking about him. He was sitting on the front row ushering and so I went up, I want, I want to talk to him. I want to be like, you know, do you talk normal? <laughs> Right? What do you like? And man, he was wonderful. And uh, so I was, um, 
you know, uh, sneaking off there, and then, then uh, they had this guy named Kenneth Hagin coming over there, and um, I thought, oh, I like older ministers, so uh, I'm going to go. Man, was I in for the surprise of my life. And um, the, uh, the first service, he started talking about John G. Lake says, like, you know, that the power of God in the spiritual realm or supernatural realm is akin or like electricity in the natural realm, what can be transmitted, transferred. And uh, man, he... Uh, uh, prophesied and said, if you want to go forward with God, come forward. Thousands of people came forward. And so he said, be blessed. And like a straight line about 20 feet out from him, people <laughs> fell out in the spirit. And I thought, I've never seen this before. And then he said, be blessed. And like from a spiral, they went out. Well, I was like, um, didn't have word for that. So I was kind of like hesitant, very hesitant. And um, uh, as I like to say, I gave $5 in the offering. And because I wasn't sure if this was of the God or of, of devil. Of God or the devil, yeah. And uh, so I went home, talked to the Lord, and said, Lord, like, what, what, what is this? Is this from you? Is this from the devil? Like, what's going on? And uh, I love this answer. This is so God to me. He said, uh, go back in the morning. If you still have trouble with it, then I'll talk to you about it. Or if you still have a problem with it, then I'll talk to you about it. And I thought, <laughs> okay, but that didn't really answer my question, yeah. right? So I go back the next morning, and this is where I was trying to get to. He's teaching on prayer. And I never heard anyone teach on prayer like that or pray like that. And then he prayed. And I thought, man, I, I've heard these scriptures before, but I've never seen them like that. And then some of the scriptures, I thought, I, I've never even heard that scripture before. Like, how is that in there? And I like <laughs> looked through my Bible, I'm like, how could I not know this? Maybe a little proud thought, but that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, like, how is it possible this is in the Bible and I don't know it? And... Um, so the Lord began to give me word for all of this stuff. And I started to realize, well, there's a lot in there that I don't know. And there's a lot in there, like all this stuff is going on. And I'm thinking like, this is far out, but this is like, this looks kind of like the book of Acts. And maybe I just didn't see it in places where I was. So... Um, Verse 14, they are all dead. They shall not live. They have deceased. They shall not rise. And uh, Amplified says, they are powerless ghosts. The former tyrant masters are dead. They shall uh, not live and reappear. They're powerless ghosts. They shall not rise and come back. Therefore, you have visited and made an end of them and caused every memory of them, every trace of their supremacy to perish. So I don't care like what memory you have. He has caused every trace of their supremacy, their memory to perish. And so you may be able to look back at your life like Todd White could look back at his life and say like, I don't even know that man. That man is gone. I'm a new man now. And then verse... Uh, Three and uh, four. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character is stayed on you. Why? Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Sounds a lot like Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. But he leans on and hopes in and is confident in. Right? So I didn't understand everything when I'm coming into, into uh, more understanding. And so I, I, you know, I, I struggled a little bit with healing. I didn't understand it, but what did I do? I had faith in God. I knew that the Bible says that, so that should be what I experience. And 
Um, so I just stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. And I refused to doubt. Even though many times you just want to doubt and you got uh, symptoms going on in your body, you're like, how can this be true? Because uh, I'm experiencing something different. But you stick with the word and understanding begins to come. Revelation begins to come. And you actually then have a place to stand boldly and resist the devil. When you boldly confess, that's when you get results. Like this is the way it is. So trust in the Lord, verse 4. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He's the rock of ages. And so uh, he will never change, and he has never changed, and his love for us goes beyond our ability and our thoughts. So when we're walking out uh, our, our walk, spirit of faith, I mean, you really, you really want to, like, pick a fight. <laughs> Look for a fight. And I didn't grow up that way, even though I had three brothers. Uh, we would have lots of fights. Uh, but I was like, kind of like, uh, oh, I'll just go the other way. Like, kinda, like let's avoid the fight. And, um, but really in the things of God, you have to like be on the offense. Because the devil wants to get you on the defense. So that you're like trying to like, okay, okay, what do I do now? What do I do? What do I do now? What do I do now? And um, we need to be on the offense. We, fighting the fight of faith. Well, the fight of faith is to say, like, I'm not going to be moved by my circumstances. I'm not going to go by what I see, what I feel, what it seems like, what other people say. I'm actually going to stand on the word of God. Ephesians says, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded yourself. In other words, I put on all this. I put on the new man in Christ Jesus. I'm girded. I'm ready. So come what may, I'm standing. I have that same spirit of faith. And so I think the spirit of faith uh, is kind of like when you take a, um, you ever taken a, a beach ball in a swimming pool and you like try to push it down and keep it down? And, you know, if you just move a little bit, that thing is popping right back up. That thing is popping up. And so in every situation in my life, I try to stay attached to the spirit of faith. In other words, like, you know, um, who was it? Thomas Edison, I think, uh, inventor. And he had all these chances to, you know, make light bulbs, discover electricity, and lots of failures. And one time, one of his inventions burnt the house down. He said, he said to his wife, he said, get the kids. Come out here. Let's go look, because you'll never see another fire as big as this in your entire life. <laughs> I mean, that's like the spirit of faith. It's like it doesn't matter what comes your way, what comes my way. It's like God is for me. If God is for me, who can dare be against me? If God is on my side, nothing can overtake me. And so we stay on the victory side. We stay on God's side, seeing from his perspective that no matter what comes against us, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how black the clouds get, no matter how much um, circumstances seem to be contrary to what the word of God says, we stick with the word. Because the word will always get results. God's watching his word to perform it. He's not watching what you think about it or your theory or my theory to perform it. He's watching his word to perform it. I think the country ought to such and such. I think this, I, you know. I have a lot of thoughts too, but I have found that his thoughts are much higher than my thoughts. And his ways are much higher than my ways. And that as I submit to him, man, you have no cares. You have no worries. You're like, oh, 
Isn't that funny? Uh, isn't that wonderful? It just got a flat tire. That's so awesome. No, I could talk to this person. I'll finish up with this, like Todd White, the testimony I saw. He was going to Canada. And so he's like, I'm born again. So I can't lie. I'm full of truth. Truth is in me. Jesus is truth. So he goes to customs immigration. And he's like, you know, yep, I did uh, cocaine all the time. And I stole stuff and robbed stuff and just just all this stuff. And he got uh, an atheist immigration officer. And they took him to the side room. And they're like, you are going to be here for a very long time. He said, I said, okay. Well, then you're going to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's what I got. So let me tell you, this is how my life was. This is my testimony. So he told the whole testimony. And they're like, oh, Lord. And they, they finally, they said, get out. Go to the waiting room. He said, well, can I play my guitar? Well, you can do whatever you want to do. So he said, well, he said, I got my guitar. And I started praising the Lord from the top of my lungs. Not because I'm trying to be annoying, because I love him. And I thought, well, I got this time. I might as well praise the Lord. And so, stand with me if you would. I think for all of us, as we just put our focus on who we are in Christ and who he has made us to be, we'll be so amazed and so filled with joy and understanding that we'll be like, bring it on, devil, because I'm not fighting this in my own power. I'm not fighting this in my own strength. I am fighting in the victory that Jesus Christ has won. And he's already defeated you. He's already stripped you naked. He's already taken every bit of your power and authority. And I'm not going to be so stupid as to speak your words instead of God's. I'm not going to give you access instead of God. I am submitting to God. And God says, I am more than a conqueror. I don't feel like it, but this is what God says. So these are the words that I speak. So I submit myself to those words. Now I resist you in the name of Jesus. And you have to flee. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that your word is life brings revelation, brings understanding. Father, we thank you that your word is alive and powerful, that it penetrates all of our emotions, all of our thoughts, all of our um, history, and all of our past. Father, we thank you that your word is active in us, even right now, doing in us, accomplishing in us, your will and your purpose. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't be good enough to come to him. You can't clean yourself up. You cannot do that on your own. He actually already accomplished it for you. We don't, get, we don't make ourselves holy and then come to God. We actually come to God and he makes us holy. He sets us uh, uh, up and he gives us his very life, his nature, makes us right with him and right with God. No matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, you have not gone too far, you have not done too much. Jesus himself paid for everything that you and I have ever done, and it was while we were lost, while we were sinners, while we were messing up, that he died for us, that he loved us and chose us. If that's you here this morning or listening online, uh, just raise up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and for you. If you're online, send an email to info at anchordc.org. We'll pray with you, for you, get some good materials into your hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is uh, alive and alive to us. Father, we ask as we go for understanding, 
wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who you've made us to be in Christ. Father, I pray for opportunities for each of us this week just to share our testimony, just to bring your love on the scene, to bring your hope on the scene, to bring your joy on the scene. Father, I thank you that we are more than conquerors, that we have the same spirit of faith that David had, that Jesus had, that you put that same spirit of faith in us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.